BYU and Utah in a bowl game? Oh, it could happen. Helmets Off is on. All right, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Uh, thank you for joining in. Uh, if you'd like us, go to Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast or Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. We, of course, are powered by KSL Sports and uh, love to do what we do. And we love you joining in. Got a great show today. So uh, we'll get at it here. Uh, the first, we're first going to talk about uh, BYU and Utah, of course, rivals who didn't renew their rivalry game this year. No, they didn't go to Las Vegas and renew their vows. Uh, but there's, a, there's an idea, and of course, it's floating around. Uh, talked about it on my radio show. Talk, talk. It's it's also on uh, uh, kslsports.com. Mitch Harper wrote a story about the possibility of doing uh, a bowl game that would include your rival. So Utah and BYU are big rivals, and then and, and to have it as an extra game. It's not it's not one of the bowl games. Most of the bowl games or a lot of the bowl games are going away or, uh, you know, they're, and so wouldn't it be good to have a bowl game where you have your rivals? A lot of interest. Uh, you'd get a great game. You'd have, uh, you know, two competitive teams going against one another. Because when you watch the bowl games, it's like, yeah, whatever. And, and you watch them and they're fine. But you love when there's a pet, competitive game. And I like the idea of actually having not only Utah and BYU, but why not have all of the, um, you know, competitive rivalries? So, for example, Ohio State-Michigan got canceled this year. They could be in a bowl game. Or you could have USC and you could have Notre Dame because they didn't play each other this year. They could be in a bowl game. So there's all these, there's all these opportunities to have these different bowl games. and. Of course, there's some funny stories or, or ideas about what you should call the bowl, right? So, so you could have some kind of contest to name name the bowl, and and there were some really clever names that came out in this article. It was the unbearable, unbearable, and uh, which was a great, you know, that's that's kind of a great great bowl then there was the streak bowl because you've got utah and byu uh utah's won nine games in a row so it's the streak bowl and who who actually uh who actually you know is does the streak continue to 10 games is this finally the year that that uh that byu actually comes through and then there's the qualtrics qualtrics is of course the the guy who uh, bought the utah jazz Ryan Smith, and it's the Qualtrics Salt Bowl. So salt's an interesting word here in that you have the Great Salt Lake or you have throw salt in the wound, like one of these teams are, you know, you get to talk trash about the other team kind of thing. Or you have uh, a little bit salty, like this could, this kind of rivalry could have some, you know, uh, extra spice to it. Uh, in order to to have to have this bowl game, so I thought this was a brilliant idea, and I, and in lieu of not having you know the the normal bowl games, 
you don't really – you just need a place to play. And that, that's the other question. So if you're Utah BYU, where do you play this bowl game? And, you know, my initial thought was, why not play it in southern Utah? It's a neutral site. You don't, you're not going to have a tremendous amount of fans there. You have it at Dixie State University, which has a football stadium that's, that's, that has a reasonable side. It's relatively warm compared to northern Utah. You know, it's like Las Vegas. It's not far from Las Vegas. There's a lot to do down there, a lot of fun things. And a lot of people in Utah, they head to St. George, you know, for warmer climate. I mean, that's, that's been going on since uh, Brigham Young came to town, you know, in 1847. So a great location, a great bowl game. You're not, you, 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 you know, you're not replacing anything. And I'm sure, I'm sure that ESPN would be all over something like this. It's, it's actually a brilliant idea, and I love it. All right, speaking of rivalries, Ohio State and Michigan was canceled, which technically made Ohio State ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. But the Big Ten did something. Stick around, I'll share that with you, and how this whole mess of what is the college football playoffs look like. Um, I'll give you my two cents in just a bit. Okay, welcome back to the show. Uh, that's right, Ohio State and uh, <clears throat> um, Michigan are not going to play their rivalry game. So as we talked about in the first segment, wouldn't it be great for Ohio State and Michigan to get together in some nondescript bowl game? It's not going to count for anything. It's just a bowl game. And it's a rivalry bowl game. And whatever they're, you know, whatever they're, they play for, you know, the beehive boot, whatever, the Buckeye, what, I don't know what Ohio State, Michigan play for. It is one of the most hated rivalries in the country. But it's not going to happen. And now you have Ohio State, which is undefeated, and who's been in the college football rankings as the number four team in the country with just four games. So the Big Ten decided, well, we need to change our rule, which allows – uh, Ohio State to play in the championship game. Otherwise, Ohio State, they, they, they probably are not going to get into the college football playoffs. So they play the game and Ohio State's in. But that's not really the problem. And that's not really what's messed up about the college football playoffs. I mean, it is messed up, right? You have, you have a team, Ohio State, that really – I mean, you can say what you want, but the Big Ten is not a strong conference. There's, no, there's nobody in the Big Ten you go, wow, other than Ohio State. Penn State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, uh, Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, any of these schools. I mean, okay, Maryland, uh, Rutgers, Indiana. You know, maybe Indiana is, is probably, you know, but you know, so they're going to play uh, for a championship. Right. And, 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 uh, and, and so, you know, how, how do you determine how good Ohio state is because their conference really isn't that strong and you can even argue it. I know people hate this, but I don't care. Cause I think, because I know it's true. The sec isn't that strong either. And the ACC isn't that strong either. You got one team, you got maybe two teams, a team and a half, maybe two teams in the, uh, in the, 
the SEC. And they got Alabama. Georgia's not that good. None of those schools are that good. Auburn's not that good. They're okay. They're just okay. They're okay. They're not great. Florida. Florida lost to Texas A&M. Who Florida, Texas A&M lost. So, you know, maybe the second best team in the, in the SEC is Texas A&M. And maybe they're the team that ends up ultimately getting into the college football playoffs. If you wanted my opinion, that's who I – it's going to be Florida. It's not, it's not going to be Florida. Florida's going to lose. They're out. They're going to lose to Alabama. They're out. And here, but here, here, here the interesting part – there's two interesting parts. One part is Notre Dame and Clemson. And they got to play each other again. And they're, they're two and three. So one of those two teams is out. One, they're, they're not going to be in the playoffs. So you're going to have, especially if it's Clemson. Then you have the team that's interesting to me is Cincinnati because they were seven. And, and they didn't do anything except for go backwards. Now they're eight. So that's crazy. You know, that, that, and it's not crazy because the, the college football playoff committee is saying we are not under any circumstances letting a group of five team in here. Clearly, when they had BYU there before BYU lost, they weren't even close to the top ten. And, they weren't, and, and, and probably by the end of the day, they probably would have made the top ten at the end of the season because all these other teams are going to cannibalize each other. It happens every year. And, and you go, well, how can they all be that good? They're just not, they're not that good, but they, they kind of um, fix the system. And they fix it from the perspective of this is about generating revenue. So Cincinnati, who's had a great year, great team, they, they've won all their games. They didn't play last week, and they went backwards. Ohio State didn't play last week, playing in a weak conference. What happens to them? We're going to change our rules. We're going to let you play in the, in the conference championship game, and we're going to keep you at number four. Why? Well, it's just because of money. It's not because it makes sense. It's not be- I mean, it's ridiculous how few it's, – it's embarrassing what they do. And they do it in the name of amateur athletics, of college, of the spirit of competition. And that's not what this is about. It's never, ever about this. Oh, we can have a college football playoff. Oh, we can generate more money. Oh, we can generate more interest in something that already has tremendous interest. Yeah, we'll do that. But we're not here to find out who really the best team in college football is. That's silly. And yet, that's what all the fans want. They want to know who's the best this year. That's all any sports fan wants to know. Who's the champion? And it's never that way in college football. And it's kind of embarrassing, quite frankly. I think it would be so much more fascinating, so much more interesting if they actually had a a legitimate championship. And all all this shows you is – and and, and I I was telling Madison, my producer, I said, look, the only way to watch college football and make it sane and make any sense out of it and not tear your hair out and not go crazy over it is to look at it from – how is it possible to make the most money? 
That's what all of our decisions will be based on. And if you look at it from that lens and from that perspective, guess what? It, it totally makes sense. Everything fits in perfectly. You look at it any other way and you're going to go crazy. All right, well, we're going to go take a break. But when we come back, oh, the Washington Redskins made the, the 1972 Miami Dolphins happy because now there's no undefeated teams in the NFL. And this might be the very, very, very best thing to happen to the 11-1 and now Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll explain in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Helmets Off, Scott Mitchell. So the Washington football team beat the Pittsburgh Steelers football team uh, on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever day of the week it was. And, of course, you have Alex Smith, who wasn't even really – I I really wonder if they even were giving him a chance. I really wonder if it was like, we really feel sorry for this guy, so we'll we'll just keep him around. And lo and behold, Alex Smith pulls out a miracle. And then all of a sudden he's playing in a game. Then all of a sudden he's starting in a game and now he's winning big games in a game. And, you know, he's starting to look like the Alex Smith of old. It's, it's absolutely remarkable what has happened with Alex Smith and, and, and his team's in contention for a division title. They're right there. And, and they have, they have a shot to go and make the playoffs. And, and it's just, it's, it's just a sight to behold and good for Alex Smith and good for the Washington football team but also good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their coach, Mike Tomlin, if you've listened to him for the last couple of weeks, he said, this is not acceptable. And they've been winning after every game. This is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting lackadaisical. We're getting care, careless. We're getting this. We're, this isn't, and, and this is after wins. And he was publicly trying to send a message to his team. You guys are not focused you're not putting in the effort you're not paying attention to those details that win and lose football games and someone's going to come along and beat you and and everyone's talking about how soft and how whatever you know the the, probably the the weakest 11 win team in the history of of history and he was doing it because he could see it he could see how they had changed their their focus and their preparation well, it finally came to uh, fruition this last weekend when, or last week when the Washington football team beat them. And I've seen this happen so many times in the NFL through, through the years. There are these teams that are on fire. And they're like, oh, they, they just they look good. They look good. They keep winning. And right around the 1st of December, which is where we are, somebody shows up and beats them. Who shouldn't beat them? Like they should easily win the game, and they don't. And not only do they not win the game, they look terrible. They play terrible, and they are terrible. And they're trying. They're trying as hard as they can, but they cannot seem to get it together. Whatever. Timing's off. Their their juju's off. Their chakras are out of alignment whatever's going on in their world it ain't right 
and they just have a bad week. And almost all of these teams that have this situation go on to usually win Super Bowls. And they do because it's the wake-up call. And it's not a wake-up call in early November or late October. It's a wake-up call right before they're going into the most critical part of the season, and that's the playoffs. So it takes a little bit to get that focus, that swagger, that, that, that energy, that effort back. So they have a couple of regular season games left and then on into the playoffs where they're like, cannot take anything for granted, cannot take an opponent for granted. You get yourself um, mentally dialed in. And that's usually what happens. And I would not be surprised if what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, this, this season is that they go on and, and go and play in the Super Bowl. I mean, who's better than I, – I mean, maybe Kansas City? I don't know. But regardless, um, I think that uh, this is a blessing in disguise for not only Alex Smith, who was remarkable in this game, uh, but I think it was also a blessing in disguise for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Helmets Off is now off. You can, of course, go to all those wonderful social sites and like us, Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. Until then, we'll see you then. 